You're listening to the Paul Hutchings Podcast, brought to you by paulhutchings.net, teaching you to be free through principle-centered lessons on personal development, online marketing, and financial literacy. Hey there, friends and fellow Freedom Crusaders. Welcome to episode 24 of the Paul Hedgings podcast. And I apologize that I have not updated the podcast in a few weeks, but I am repenting. And here is a brand new episode. This is a recording from a speech that I gave a few years back. It's called A Kid's Guide to Getting What You Want in Life. One of the things that I love about this is it contains a success formula that is so simple Even a kid can do it. Hope you enjoy the episode. So we're really, really excited to give Mr. Paul Hutchings a warm welcome, everybody. So 
grab that for me. Uh, I'm excited about what I have to share. You know, guys, on the on the plane ride over here. Oh, thank you. You're awesome. On the plane ride over here, uh, one of the things that I've gotten in the habit of doing when I travel is I bring this little thing. Anyone know what this is? Journal. It's a journal. This is called the Jim Rome Leadership Journal. It's leather bound, it's got gold on the edges. And one of the things that I do when I travel is I read my journal where I've collected some of the golden nuggets that I've picked up along my journey and I continue to pick up. And on the way over here as I read this journal, I read a line that inspired me to share a story with you guys that I hadn't planned on sharing. I want to share that story with you, but before I do, I want to invite everyone to keep a journal. Because one of the things that's fascinating about this journey that we're all on of freedom is that you, you hear people say over and over that it's not about the money. Have you guys heard people say that? Do you know what, do you know what that means? You're like, it's, they're like, it's not about the money, it's not about the money, and then we hear people come up here and talk about how, I'm making 20 grand a month, I'm making 25 grand a month, I'm making three grand a month, and 10 grand a month, and you guys are gonna be six, and, 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 but then we say it's not about the money. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, for me, it means that this journey of generating income from home, of being free in our lives, of teaching other people to be free, is a journey. It's a journey. And as we're going through this journey, we learn how to do, as Jim Rohn liked to say, cross the mountains and the valleys of our souls. And we become better people. And we develop our characters. And we learn how to not just lift ourselves, but lift other people up in the process. And matter of fact, that's what's why I'm here. I never had a dream to speak from stage, believe it or not. I never had a dream to be famous. I never had a dream for everyone to know my name and, and hear my words. But I did have a dream to be free. And fortunately, that dream has become a reality for my family. And so I'm here today, I'm here today because Napoleon Hill one time said, a leader who always takes but never gives is not a leader, he is a parasite. So I'm here to give today. I'm not here for me. I'm here to share with you some of the most powerful information that's come to me over the last few years as I've been on this journey. And boy, what a journey it is. Those of you who are maybe new to the, new to the industry, new, new to this journey, you're in for the ride of your lives. And when I say the ride of your lives, I truly mean the ride of your life. Because this industry is tied into, in my personal opinion, what the purpose of life is all about. I mean, last night I had a chance to get interviewed by the Garza brothers, and they said, we wanna ask you this question. The question we wanna ask you, Paul, is what is the greatest reward you have received as an entrepreneur? What would be your answer to that question? What do you think I would say? What's the greatest reward? Throw out some answers. Freedom, good. What's that? Serving others. Money, yeah, money. Fulfillment. Let, let me tell you what my answer was. My answer was discovering the purpose of my life. Discovering why I'm here on this planet. Discovering what I'm meant to do here while I'm alive on this planet. Discovering my destiny. That is the greatest reward that I've received for being in this home business profession. And the beautiful thing, my friends, the beautiful thing is it's not just for me. It's for everyone in this room. Every single person in this room has the ability, as you commit 
your dream, as you commit to continue stepping forward, as you commit to coming to the events, to reading the books, to listening to the audios, to growing your mind, all of us, every single person in this room has the ability to discover our destinies and the purpose, the purpose of our life. <laughs> Is that a pretty big gift? To know why we're here and to be on purpose and to be passionate every day when we wake up in the morning, right? <laughs> Guys, I wake up every morning at about 5.30 a.m. Sometimes people say they're like, you know, I want to make enough money so that I can sleep in till 11 o'clock. And, and that's great. If that's your dream, that's fantastic. You know, I probably had a little bit of that when I first got started. But what's happened to me is, as I've started to have some success, which I'm very blessed and grateful for, I'm so excited to get out of bed every morning. I can't sleep at night because I go to sleep and I'm thinking about all the people that I'm working on helping and what we're going to do. And, and, I, and, and I'm just excited about life. I've got passion, enthusiasm, vigor. And that's all there for every single person in this room. So it's a beautiful thing. So uh, I want to jump into the story that I was mentioning that I was reminded of in this journal. Quick little story. Do we have a slide up yet? Okay. First slide, today I'm, I'm thankful. One of the things that I want to do today is do the best that I can to help you see the journey that's ahead, but also to help you understand that it is a journey and to experience happiness and joy as you're going through the journey. Because sometimes we have a tendency to get frustrated. Sometimes we have a tendency to compare ourselves to others. Sometimes we have a tendency to get down about why our business is not going exactly the way we want it at the exact time we want it to go. And again, it's a journey. There's a quote from Aerosmith, I think, that says, life is a journey, not a destination. And so as we go through this journey, we want to appreciate what's happening. So kind of a crazy story. You guys want to hear a crazy story? Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, well, a little bit about my background. When I was eight years old, my dad left our family, just took off. Never saw him again until his funeral uh, a few years later. And so I didn't know a lot about my dad growing up. One thing I did know was that his father, the story in our family was that he was killed in a knife fight in prison. This is my grandfather, the story that floats around my family. Great heritage, right? But I grew up thinking this about my grandfather a couple of years ago. So I, I never, my dad left, uh, and I never ever thought about seeking out my grandfather. A couple of years ago, my wife, she's out mowing the lawn one day, and she gets this feeling that she should research my dad's dad. She's like, I, I just, I've got this feeling that I wanna search out this family line. And so all of a sudden she starts getting on the internet and doing all this research and, and trying to find out information about my grandfather. And I'm thinking, honey, what, you know, you're kind of crazy. I've never seen you get into this family history research stuff. Why are you doing this? She's like, I've just got this feeling that we need to find out about him. And I was like, okay. So one night I'm sleeping in bed. My wife wakes me up and she says, Paul, Come back here, quick, come back to the computer and see what I found. I was like, now? You know, I just fell asleep. She's like, yeah. So I go back in the office, and on the computer screen, she's got pulled up this obituary. And in this obituary, there's a gentleman who's passed away. And in the article, it says that he is, he is survived by a man by the name of Franklin Fitzen, who would have been my grandfather. And my wife's like, I think your grandpa's alive. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. She's like, no, I think he's alive. So she starts doing some more research. She tracks down a phone number for him. One Saturday morning, I call this guy up on the phone out of the blue. He lives over in California. And I say, is this Frank Fitzen? He says, yes, it is. 
I said uh, the same Frank Fitzen that you know uh, was in Fort Ord, California in 1952, and I asked him a few more questions. Like, yes, it is. And I said, I think you're my grandfather. And he says, you've got to be kidding me. And I was like, yeah, this is crazy. And so what ended up happening was we, I developed a relationship with my grandfather. And because of the freedom that I have been fortunate to develop in the home business profession, I had the money to fly over there. I didn't have to take time off of work. And what happened over the next two years is I got to develop a relationship with a man who didn't have any close family around him, didn't have a lot of close friends. You could say that maybe it was a little bit lonely in his life didn't have a lot of money, and I had the opportunity to develop a relationship with him. And it was really a beautiful thing. He was actually dying of cancer. We didn't know this at the time, but he had about two years left to live. And I got a chance to develop a relationship with him. One night, as I was visiting him over in California, we would, we would go out, we would go out to eat, and we would de you know, develop this relationship. And, and, and I take him back to the nursing home where he's living, and he rides in this wheelchair, right? So I get the wheelchair out of the car and I put him in the wheelchair and I'm wheeling him into to the assisted living center. And he stops, there's some guys on the front, he stops and talks to him and laughs at them. And then, then we open up the door and we're walking it. I'm pushing him in and then all of a sudden he slams his foot on the ground and I'm like, what's he stopping for? And there's this, uh, there's this handicapped lady there that can't really speak. And he says, hi Mary, how are you? And he shakes her hand and he asks her some questions, and I can't really understand what she's saying, but he takes the time to talk to this lady. And I'm thinking, huh, that's interesting. So then we, so then he gets done, and I start wheeling him back down the hall, and all of a sudden he starts singing uh, Dream the Impossible Dream. And I'm thinking, here's a guy who's got cancer, he's dying, he's living in an assisted living center, he has not, not very much money, and he's enjoying life. And one of the things that he said after he was finished singing Dream the Impossible Dream is he said, there's, there's only a few of us who understand how good life really is. And I wrote that in my journal and on the plane right over here, I said, man, isn't that true? There's only a few of us who understand how good life really is. One of the things that we can do to understand how good life really is along the journey, my friends, is to be grateful. Be grateful for the things that we have. Be grateful. There's so much to be grateful for. The fact that we're breathing, the fact that we're sitting here in this room, the fact that we have the opportunity to learn from people who have gone before, the fact that we can get better. A lot to be grateful for. I want to challenge everyone in this room to be grateful as we are generating wealth and freedom in our lives. So that's lesson number one, be grateful. The other thing that I wanted to say is I look out over the audience and I smile as I see you guys. You're so much more beautiful than I pictured in my imagination. And, and I see that, that, that the fact that you're sitting in these chairs means something very special about you. It means that you're different. A couple of months ago, I was in the gym. I was working out, sorting my triceps out one morning. It's 5.30, it was Labor Day. And I stop in the middle of my workout and I look around and there's nobody else in the gym but me. And I say to myself, huh, I was like, Paul, you're different. You know, get up in the morning, go to the gym, nobody else is in here, everyone takes it out. I was like, you're different. And then I said, way to go, Paul. Way to go. Good job. Keep being different. And as I look out over you guys, I see something different. I see this picture I've got of you guys. And you're the smiley face, just in case you're not quite sure yet. You're the smiley face. Why is it good to be different? One of the first mentors that I learned from when I first got started in the whole business profession is a guy by the name of Jim Rohn. Anybody heard of Jim Rohn? Yeah. Um, and, and, and real quick on the topic of mentors, this morning as I was getting ready for this presentation, I was, I've got a list of mentors. I've got five of them. 
And I call them, I borrow this term from Thinking to Rich, I call them my invisible counselors. And the reason I do that is because out of the five mentors that I have, three of them have already passed on. They're no longer here. A fourth of them doesn't have a phone. Can you guess who that one is? Doesn't have a phone, so I can't talk to them on the phone, right? Fifth one I've never met, never spoken to. So out of the five mentors I have on my list to learn from, I don't talk to them, right? What does that tell us about the ability that we have to have mentors? Do we have to talk to someone on the phone all the time and have them right there in our lives? For me, that hasn't been the case, right? Jim Rohn's one of them. First audio I listened to is called The Art of Exceptional Living by Jim Rohn. Who's listened to that audio? Yeah. Awesome. Not very many. Write that down. The Art of Exceptional Living by Jim Rohn. I've listened to that audio probably hundreds of times over the years. It's changed my life. One of the things that Jim Rohn said in that audio is he says, if you want to do something special with your life, here's the advice he said. He said, walk away from the 97%. Don't walk like they walk. Don't talk like they talk. Don't do what they do. Don't think like they think. Don't go where they go. And the fact that you are sitting in this room today, do you know that that means that you're following that advice whether you know it or not? You are following that advice and I applaud you for it. I applaud you for it. I love you for being who you are. Being different. Being different. Thinking different thoughts. Right? Not accepting mediocrity in your life. It's a beautiful thing. My intention for this presentation, my friends, is I want to reach down deep inside my soul and pull out the best of what I've got. I want to give you guys the best lessons I've learned. I want to give you the best I've got. And I feel that both of us, all of us, we can have some major breakthroughs, but we need to be focused and we need to really uh, tune our minds in together. I want to make you guys a promise. And this goes back to me discovering my purpose in life. Quick little story. Chicago, who's, in the, who's at the Chicago event? You guys remember when David Wood said, you're all gonna go back to your hotel room and you're gonna have a dream. And he said, in this dream, you're gonna discover the purpose of your life on a deeper level. You guys remember he said that? Yeah. I'm sitting there in the audience, it's like 12 o'clock, I'm like, really? <laughs> huh, wonder if I'll have a dream. Well, I went back to my hotel room and I went to sleep and the next morning I woke up and do you know that I had a dream? And uh, in that dream, it was one of those dreams where, you ever have a dream where you don't remember what the dream was, but you know you've had a dream? It, it was like that. I didn't remember the dream, but I knew I'd had one, and when I woke up, there was, there was a line floating in my mind. And that line was to help people believe that better things are possible for them in their future. And I've thought a lot about that since that night. The books that I've read, the experiences that I've had, the people that I interact with, and I've come to a conclusion. And that conclusion is, if there's one thing that I can promise, we, we make disclaimers, you know, we can't promise people income, we can't promise people this, we can't promise people that. What can I promise every single person in this room? What can I promise you? I can promise you that wherever you're at in life, whether you're living in a single white trailer house like I was just three short years ago, whether you're living in a van like David Wood was, if you're in a good family situation or in a bad family situation, if you have money now or you, or you don't have money yet, if you have skills now or you don't have skills yet, one of the things that I can promise every single person in this room is that wherever you are at, there are better things waiting for you in your future. 
I promise you that. I promise you that. And as you continue to make the right decisions, as you continue to immerse yourself in this profession and in this company, and as you continue to get around leaders and read the right books and listen to the right audios and take action in your life, those better things will manifest for you. Those better things will manifest for you. When I was about six years old, when I was about six years old, my dad, I remember one night before he left, we, we went out, I think we were chopping wood or something, and we're, we're driving home, and he stops at a bar that's like three miles from where I live. And uh, he goes in this bar, and I'm sitting out in the truck, a little kid, he left me out in the truck, and it's cold, I think it's, you know, kind of winter time, and I'm waiting for my dad to come out of the bar, I'm waiting for my dad to come out of the bar, and it gets late, and I have to go to the bathroom, and I remember wetting my pants as a little boy sitting there in the truck waiting for my dad to come out of the bar. There were better things waiting for me in that situation, right? There were better things waiting for me. When I was in a single wide trailer house three years ago, after five years of failure in my home-based business, 14 different companies, struggling, not sure what the heck I was gonna do, kneeled down by the side of my bed, cried out to God for help because I needed a breakthrough, jobless, couple hundred bucks a month coming in, husband, father, family to take care of, right? There were better things waiting for me in my future, just like there are better things waiting for each of you, my friends. And what I wanna do today is I wanna, I wanna, I wanna show you how, uh, how to step into that better future. These are, uh, these are our four boys. <laughs> oh man, I love these kids. I wanna tell you guys a story. Uh, a couple of months ago, we, we went to a parade uh, in our hometown of Blackfoot, Idaho. And we load up the kids in the Suburban, we get the lawn chairs out and we go to this parade and we're sitting on the side of the road and I, I park my chair back a little bit, my boys are in the front and I'm watching <coughs> what's happening. The floats go by and they're throwing candy. All, do all floats throw candy or is that just in Idaho? Okay, all floats throw candy, okay. So they're throwing candy, my kids are super excited, they're super pumped up about the candy and I'm watching what's happening and I see my seven-year-old Caden He's like, this kid's got his bag, he's down in the run position. Candy's thrown, he's like, he's over here getting candy, he's over here getting candy, he's over here getting candy. I mean, this kid's just getting the candy, and I'm like, man, he's kicking butt, good job. My five-year-old Camden, uh, he's doing great too, not as good as Caden, but he's getting the candy too. My three-year-old, my three-year-old Kaisen, let's see if I got a picture of him, that's my three-year-old. Something's happening with Kaisen, and he's, he's uh, this is what's happening with Kaisen. He sees the candy being thrown from the float, he starts toward it, and right about halfway there, he sees everyone else around him, and he gets scared. He loses his focus. And then all the other kids go in front of him and get the candy, and then he starts to cry. <laughs> First time it happens, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch and see what happens. Second time it happens again. Third time it happens again, he's crying. So I said, Kaisen, come here. I said, Dad, I said, can I get, can Dad get a little bit of coaching? And he says, yeah. He says, all right, bud, here's what you do. I said, here's what you, there's two steps to getting what you want. I said, step number one, first, you gotta see what you want. You gotta see the candy being thrown from the flow, and then you gotta watch it. Then when it hits the ground, you gotta see it. I says, can you do that? Can you see what you want? He says, yeah, dad. I said, that's step number one. Step number two, after you see what you want, then you gotta go get it! You gotta go get it, Tyson! Don't get distracted, see what you want, and go get it! I said, can you do that, son? And he says, yeah. So 
So the next, next, next time candy's thrown, he's watching, he sees it, he goes and gets it, he gets it in his bag, he turns around, he's got this huge smile on his face, and I'm sitting back here waiting for him to come give me a hug, he starts running towards me, he's smiling, and he goes right by me back to mom. <laughs> And then we gotta go get it. We gotta stay focused. See what we want, and then we gotta go get it. Now, if this seems like a little bit, like it's oversimplified a little bit, you got me. There's actually one other step in this process to uh, seeing what you want and getting it. And this other step, so there's three, there's really three steps. Isn't that amazing? One of my first mentors said, he says, this is a simple business. It's not an easy business, but it's a simple business. Why is it simple? Because there's only three steps. There's only three steps, guys. Mike Hobbs and I, a couple of months ago, were over in Sandy, uh, San Diego, and we heard a guy named Ruben Gonzalez speak. Remember that, Mike? Yeah. Ruben's a four-time Olympian, and uh, he told a story. He says, you know, when I was a kid, my dad would tell me to read biographies. He says, Ruben, you want to be successful? You got to read the lives of successful men and women. You got to learn what they know. You got to see what they He's like, all right, dad, that makes sense. So he started reading these biographies. Read one, read two, read three, got all the way to like 10. And he's like, dad, he's like, why are you having me read all these books? And his dad's like, what are you talking about, son? So you can be successful. He's like, dad, all of them are the same story. He's like, what are you talking about, son? He says, all of them are the same story. Dream, struggle, victory. All of them. Every single one of them go through that process. Dream, struggle, victory. Dream, struggle, victory. Now, we as enlightened entrepreneurs, we pay attention to the words that we use. I don't like the word struggle, so I swap it out with a word called temporary setback that we get through Napoleon Hill. Okay, temporary setback. So you might want to you might want to write that down. Three-step process: dream, temporary setback, victory. I want to tell you a little bit about my dream. First, I want to share with you a quote. Napoleon Hill said, "Cherish your dreams and visions, as they are the children of your soul. Cherish your dreams and vision and visions, as they are the children of your soul." You might want to write that down. Here's another one. We'll give you guys a test, right? This comes from my journal, right? My journal, where I'm gathering up the past so I can invest it in the future, like Jim Rohn used to say. Another, another nugget from my journal on dreams. Dreams are the illustrations from the book your soul, your soul is writing about you. Who said that? Dreams are illustrations from the book your soul is writing about you. You guys know who Nicole Cooper is? She said that a couple events ago. Guess who wrote it down? <laughs> Guess who read it in his journal on the way over here? Guess who happened to be given a talk today about dreams? I'm so glad it was in my journal. Dreams are illustrations from the book your soul is writing about you. So how do you have a dream? Sometimes you gotta learn a little bit about what you don't want to get what you want in life. I remember back in uh, 2005, I just got married, got a job. I got out of college, I got good grades, fortunately. Worked hard, got good grades, did what they told me to do, and I got this job. So I'm at this job, and I'm learning how to be successful in the corporate world, 
And I'm starting to understand that I don't want that. I don't want a job. I don't want to be in a box. I felt like I was in this box and like my hands are going up and I, and I can't get out. And, and, and I was working hard and I was actually progressing in the company. But I got to this point where it was, what do you need to do to progress to the next level? Uh, and, and, and here's what you had to do. I'll tell you a funny story. A good friend of mine named Arnold, he, he and I were working together. He was the first guy I ever recruited in my network marketing business. Talked to me to go on door to door with him, by the way, which I'm sure he doesn't appreciate. But Arnold, he, he meets with his boss, and he says, his boss's name was, was Doug. He says, Doug, what do I need to do to advance? <laughs> and his boss says, come here, Arnold. He says, let me, let me tell you what you need to do. He says, first, you gotta get yourself a set of spandex biker shorts. And Arnold's like, what? And he's like, the second, Arnold? You gotta get yourself a bike, a racing bike. And third, Arnold, you gotta get yourself a Lance Armstrong book. And Arnold's like, what the heck are you talking about? And he's like, the vice president of sales, Arnold, is into this stuff. So if you wanna get promoted, that's what you gotta do. Does that sound like bull crap to anyone else but me? I'm like, what a bunch of crap! Like, we're here working our butts off, we're outperforming our coworkers, and they're all getting advanced past us because they're wearing spandex biker shorts? Are you kidding me? Here, what do we gotta do to advance? Grow, produce, develop ourselves. Who's, who's responsible for whether that happens or not? Raise your hand, we are responsible for whether that happens or not. Our destiny is not in somebody else's hands. It's in our own hands. I love that about this profession. I love the fact that I can earn it however much I want, right? However much I want. I can decide what that level is and so can you. So can you. Quick little story about personal responsibility because we're talking about responsibility. At this event Mike and I went to, I had the opportunity to meet Sharon Lecter. You guys know who she is? Yep. She co-authored the book Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. And I met Sharon and I said, I said, Sharon, your book changed my life. And she said, well, Paul, can I give you a little bit of coaching? I've actually had a couple of people come up to me over the last day or two and say, you know, Paul, you helped me transform, you transform my life. Here's what Sharon said. She says, can I give you a little bit of coaching? I said, yeah. She said, it would be more correct to say, my book inspired you to change your life. You changed your life, Paul. And I thought about that and I said, you know, I did. I did change my life. I took responsibility. I realized, fortunately, because I had good mentors who said, Nobody's gonna come along and give you success. Nobody's gonna come along and hand it to you. You gotta take it. You gotta take full responsibility for everything that happens. And the second that I started to do that, my business turned around. My business turned around. So back to the dreaming here. Back in 2005, I'm sitting in a 1984 single wide trailer house in my living room, recliner. I kick back and I crack open up. What did I crack open?
So I start going for the pipeline money. I start going for the pipeline money. Dream. The dream is born. Then I get to step two in the process, which is... Nobody wrote it down, huh? Temporary setback. Temporary setback. <laughs> My first year in, net, in network marketing, 12, 12 months didn't make any money. 12 months didn't make any money. Did everything that I possibly could think of doing. Did zero dollars after 12 months. Who would have stayed in? I hope all of you would stay in if you, if you get in 12 months. Of, I mean, fortunately, we, what we have here is light years ahead of anything else on the market, so shouldn't take you that long. But it took me 12 months, didn't make any money. And one of the things that I learned as I continued to struggle in my business, as I started to study the words of great people, Dr. Napoleon Hill says, in every apparent setback lies the seed of an equal or greater advantage. A setback is nothing more than a stepping stone to a lesson or a breakthrough. You guys understand that? It's the way God or infinite intelligence or the universe or nature seems like it's just the way it's all set up. There's always a seed of something better. So my first 12 months didn't make any money. Where was the seed? That company had a recommended reading list. And on that list were books like Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Write these down, guys. If you, if you haven't read these books, write these books down. And in that first 12 months, I learned how to open my mind to something bigger. Reading a good book, it's like you're walking around in this dark room and there's stuff on the floor and you're tripping and you're hitting your head and you're like, how do I get out of this situation? I can't see anything. And a good book is like somebody reaches in there and flips on the light and all of a sudden you can see what you couldn't see before. You can see the door. You can open it up. You can walk out of that dark room and you can step into the light. So that was the seed as I continued to struggle in my network marketing business over the next five years. I started to find more seeds. 2010, I put my two oldest boys in bed one night in the back room of this 1984 single white trailer house. And I put them to sleep and I start crying because I'm just failing. I'm just failing. It's not working. I quit my job. I told my beautiful wife, honey, maybe if we quit our job, we can do this. And what happened is my income actually went down after I quit my job. My third son, Kaisen, the one that was jumping up in the air, he had a condition called craniosynostosis, which basically means the bones in his head are fused together. $50,000 surgery down at Primary Children's Hospital. And things aren't working. What's a temporary setback? It's a stepping stone to a lesson or a breakthrough. And the major breakthrough I had as I knelt down and I prayed to God for, for, an, for an answer, I got this feeling that I should begin the study of the book, Think and Grow Rich. And I read the book several times, but I had this feeling that I needed to not just read it and toss it aside and say, that's a great book. I had a feeling that I needed to actually do what the book taught. So this is a picture of my driveway back in 2010, outside our trailer house. And one of the things that Dr. Napoleon Hill teaches us in that book is that we've got to be clear on what we want. We've got to see what we want. And he describes it in the form of what he calls a definite major purpose. And in that book, he gives you a definite major purpose statement and a self-confidence formula. And what I started to do is every night outside when I see the white trailer house, I'm walking, I'm looking up at the stars, and I'm saying to myself, by the first day of December, 2010, I will have in my possession $3,000 monthly residual income. 
that will come to me in various amounts from time to time during the interim. In exchange for this money, I will give the most efficient service of which I am capable, rendering the fullest possible quantity and the best possible quality of service in the capacity of internet network marketer. And so I'm saying this, I'm repeating my self-confidence formula, and something magical happened to me in that driveway underneath the stars as I repeated my vision every day, every night while my kids were asleep, and I walked under the stars, I, I talked to God a little bit, and I pray, and I, would, and I would say this out loud. Something happened to me. And what happened to me, my friends, is a little bit difficult to describe. Napoleon Hill says it's almost like describing the color of red to a blind man. What happened in that driveway is I got faith. I got faith. I learned to believe. There's a formula for it. Dr. Napoleon Hill teaches us his formula. He says one of the tragedies throughout the history of time is he says religionists have admonished struggling humanity to have faith in this, that, dogma, or creed, but they have failed to tell people how to have faith. Amen. Dr. Napoleon Hill teaches us in that book how to have faith, and I'm here to tell you it worked for me. Jim Rohn says faith is like radiation. You can't see it, you can't hear it, you can't touch it, you can't smell it. But it has an effect, so you cannot deny that it is there. And as I walked up and down that driveway, and as I saw my goal, and as I repeated that, I started to believe that better things were possible for me in my future. And then I started to know that better things were possible for me in my future. This is after five years of struggle, no success at all. I started to know that it was on its way. And what happened for me in that breakthrough is everything changed. My conference calls changed. My prospecting calls changed. My marketing changed because I had this magical quality of faith interwoven in everything that I did. And that's one of the things that we've got to get if we're going to have success in our businesses. We've got to have faith. And within six months of doing that, I get to the, to the victory part, right? I get to the victory part, which is I, within six months, I hit that $3,000 a month. That turns into seven, and turns into 10, and turns into 20, and ever since that moment in time, my income has continued to increase as I've continued to believe, as I've continued to have faith, as I've continued to take action. So that's a little bit of the victory, but I wanna talk a little bit more about the victory here before I close, because we, we get to the money again, right? And we have freedom, and we think that the victory is the money. Plato said the first and best victory is to conquer self. To be conquered by self is above all things the most shameful and vile. And one of the insights that I had as I read through my journal on the plane ride over here is that victory is not what we think it is. We think victory is getting to the money. We think victory is getting to the freedom. And what I realized is this process of dream, temporary setback, victory, it's not a timeline. As a matter of fact, if we could turn it up like this and smash it down, that would be a more accurate representation of what happens. We have a dream, we go forth, we have some setbacks, we have victories along the way. What are some of the victories we had along, well, I had along the way? My first network marketing company, company owners put in prison. I could have quit. Guess what? I didn't quit. That was a victory, right? That was a victory. Next company, company owner changes the comp plan, cuts my income by two-thirds. Could have quit. Didn't quit. That was a victory, right? All the while, I'm getting to the events. I'm not making any money. Guess what? Those were all victories. As I look back over my my time, and I realized that I was having victory along the way. And that's, that's what we do. We have victories all along the way, and I want to encourage everyone to recognize those victories. I want to recognize Myra Bonija for quitting her job Friday. I want to recognize uh, 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 Jeff Virgil for quitting his job last month. That's a 
beginning. My friends, you've been awesome. My wish for you is that you will discover your purpose, live your passion, and never give up on your dreams. Thank you very much. Hey there, my friend. This is Paul Hutchings. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope this has been a great investment into your better future. To make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes and bonus content, please visit paulhutchings.net and click the podcast link in the menu bar to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and whatever you do, always go for your dreams.